show, we will have Al Costanzo here. He is a parishioner at the Cathedral of St. Joseph, um, also a artist who has recently started doing icons, which is a very particular type of sacred art, and not everybody does it, for sure. Uh, it's a really great conversation. He has a fantastic, um, it seems kind of s- simple and maybe boring to some people, but a fantastic faith journey that is a textbook example of missionary discipleship. Mm. So stay tuned for that. It's really good. And Dr. Bergwald's like, yes. <laughs> that was a great hook. Cause, yeah. cause you're like, you start with the, it's something and boring. And I'm like, well, you're really selling this Renee. And then yeah. you're like, is that, yes. Oh, Oh, it really shows that <clears throat> even our quote unquote boring lives are missionary in nature. If we, if yes. we pay attention a- to that. Amen. Oh. So, First, look, we have look Dr. Forward. Chris Bergwald here for some biblical bites with Dr. B. Thanks, Renee. So I usually ask you, but I'm just going to tell you oh, so okay. you don't have to like fret and wonder. 21st <laughs> Sunday in Ordinary Time. Um, wh- what cycle are we in, though, Elise? Oh, no. She didn't study that It's part. like A, B, or C. Yes. <laughs> Very good. Any idea? <laughs> I think it's A. No. B. No. Final answer, C. No. Not. Um, it, it's A. It is A. Uh, so we're hearing from what gospel, Renee, since you're going to give her the uh, answer anyway. Matthew. Okay. Yes. So we're in Matthew. We're reading through Matthew this year. Um, and this, this when we are in year A, Sunday, 21st Sunday in the time, this is one of my favorite pairings of first reading and gospel. Again, first reading. Psalm, gospel, usually thematically connected. The gospel is from Matthew 16. Um, it's the, for some of us, Jesus' famous saying to Simon, you are Peter on this rock. I will, I will, uh, I will build my church and the gates of the another world will not, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Da, 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 da. What I love about this Sunday is we get in the first reading a somewhat other, for uh, yeah, a somewhat obscure passage from Isaiah. So this is the first reading. Thus says the Lord to Shebna, master of the palace. I will thrust you from your office and pull you down from your station. On that day, I will summon my servant Eliakim, son of Hilkiah. I will clothe him with your robe and gird him with your sash and give over to him your authority. He shall be a father to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and to the house of Judah. I will place the key of the house of David on Eliakim's shoulder. When he opens, no one shall shut. When he shuts, no one shall open. I will fix him like a peg in a sure spot to be a place of honor for his family. So, um, and again, in the gospel, we get the what I mentioned earlier. You're Peter on the rock. I build my church. It's the world will not prevail against it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So many people um, are unaware. Uh, so what we see in the gospel is Jesus establishing his church on Simon, whose name is now Peter. Peter is, Petros means rock. So Jesus is establishing uh, his pope, the papacy. Uh, but this is not new in the, in the history of God's dealings with His people. So the Old Testament reading, the first the first readings from Isaiah, uh, and He's speaking about uh, to to a man Shebna who has basically the role of prime minister in the Davidic kingdom. Okay. So David's the guy in the Old Testament, right. even more than Moses. David is the guy, and David, David's the king. 
but he has somebody who handles the day-to-day affairs mm-hmm. of of the of the kingdom and to that man that again the, um um, not officially in terms of scripture, but in a sense, the prime minister, he has keys, which will represent his authority to govern the kingdom on behalf of the king. Who is around? It's not right. like David's necessarily gone somewhere, but he has other he things he's attending to. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's doing things, but he's delegated administrative aspects of his kingdom to, uh, to the prime minister, uh, Shebna. But Shebna has been failing, so... God says, the Lord says to him, I'm going to replace you with um, Eliakim, I think is what we read. So Jesus is the Messiah. The Messiah, it means anointed one. It means the, 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 the son of David who the Jewish people have been waiting for forever. So he's the new David with a new kingdom. And just as the first David in his kingdom had a prime minister, somebody who was empowered to oversee the day-to-day administration of the kingdom, so too does the new David with his new kingdom have a new prime minister who is given the keys, which symbolize his authority to administrate, administer, administrate, administer the day-to-day affairs of the kingdom. So this idea of, even though Jesus is fully present to us, um, the idea that he would delegate to Simon, Peter now, uh, the authority to oversee aspects of the kingdom is completely in line with, it it fits with God's MO. Yeah. It seems obvious that Jesus would, that, that God would do this. Right. If you if it's when you look at the whole, yeah. when you see how God operates, this is what you see that there's this connection or this continuity between old and new. Now, Jesus always surprises and surpasses, but there's always he doesn't um, God is not fickle. He doesn't just, oh, it's a, I'm going to be randomly. It might look random to us sometimes, but he's not fickle. And we see here the continuity between old covenant and new in a powerful way in the role of Peter as the pope. Thanks for making those connections, Dr. B. You bet. Here with me today, I have Al Costanzo. He is a parishioner at the Cathedral of St. Joseph, an artist and an art teacher. Um, Welcome, Al. Yeah, thanks, Renee. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Happy to be here. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> um, so we, you were recommended to me to come on the show by Jeff and Lois Heron, who were recently on the show. Um, I floated your name around the chancery and said, hey, anybody know this guy? Are we okay? They're like, yes. Two thumbs up. Bring Al on. He's got a great story. So, so cool. I'm really glad you decided to come in. And um, so we're going to talk about your faith journey. Um your art and your work there and we have a few pieces in the studio so if you're only listening to this on radio it's probably one of those you're going to want to jump on youtube to come see if you have if you think al is interesting in here which i think he will be (laughs) all right so al if you're ready we will get started yeah absolutely Will you first tell us a little bit about yourself just in general if you would sure yeah so uh i'm got from sioux falls i grew up here went to public school uh, small family, just my brother, my parents, and I. Extended family live in different parts of the Midwest, so we didn't get to see them a whole lot. Uh, and uh, faith uh, for us at that point was just kind of going to mass on Sunday sure. and uh, CCD in uh, in the uh, in the evenings on Wednesday mm-hmm. Wednesday night. Uh, Typical normal Catholic. Yeah, 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 definitely. 
Uh, so I've lived in a lot of other parts of the country, okay. but I keep coming back to Sioux Falls. There's just you know something about this place. You know, it's it's home for me. Yeah, and this is like where I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm it's stay, funny so. how that happens. You kind of travel around and you're like, man, South Dakota is kind of all right. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah for sure. So yeah, so right now um, I live uh, in the Cathedral District okay. um, with my 17 year old dog Darcy. <laughs> Boy, 17-year-old dog. Yeah. said dog, right? Not yep. daughter. Dog. dog. Yes, dog. <laughs> yep. Yeah, she's alive last I checked. So <laughs> Earlier today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Okay, so you just started a little bit about your faith journey. Uh, how did you, you – you're obviously more than just a Sunday Catholic. And, you know, something happened yeah. along the way. So can you tell us about that? Yeah, well, absolutely. So um, like I said, uh, my – Religious education was basically CCD Wednesday nights and then kind of whatever we got in the pews mm-hmm. on Sundays. Um, and, you know, I've come to realize that CCD really is, is meant to supplement what's already happening in the home, all right. the teaching that's already happening in the home. Um, and for us, um, you know, we learn the virtues, we learn responsibilities, but Christ really wasn't the center of our lives. Sure. Um, for me, it was more, you know, Super Mario was at the center of my life. Super Mario. That, yeah. that dates you in a particular spot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm a 90s kid. I'm definitely a 90s kid. Uh, so I went to college at SDSU and um, just kind of fell away from the church. Um, looking back, you know, they have such an active Newman Center up there, and I really yes. wish that I just kind of walked across the campus yeah. to find them. But um, that just wasn't part of part of my, uh, my perspective at the time. Um, so I uh, graduated there with a degree in uh, art education and studio art. Okay. And uh, went on to get a job at Roosevelt High School. So I was uh, teaching kids there, uh, you know, things that I had learned from uh, my own practice and thing. You know, I was just uh, really excited to share these skills with people that helped them grow and realize that, you know, your skill set now isn't the skill set you can have at the end. Right. And, you know, uh, felt really, really good about myself, uh, and, you know, the, the work that I was doing. Um, I was really grateful for my job and my house and my car and everything that I had. But I just felt a little unfulfilled, sure. you know, when you're, you don't have a, a, a real bigger goal bigger than yourself. Yeah. Um, so uh, I was a guy in my, you know, mid twenties at the time, kind of going through a little bit of a quarter life crisis and quarter life crisis. Okay. Uh, yeah. So then you, you, you just make a drastic change. So uh, yeah. So what I did was I just gave away everything, uh, shipped my old dog over to my parents' house really, and uh, packed a suitcase and moved to New York city to join a uh, classical academic art studio. Okay. Um, I'd found out about them through uh, some publications, and uh, I just couldn't believe that people were still making art uh, in this style. So right. uh, I said goodbye to you know everyone I knew here and moved out there. And um, actually, before I left, I got some unexpected advice from my dad uh, because he's worried about me. I'm moving far away. There's not going to be friends, family City. around. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And he said something just kind of really unexpectedly out of the blue. He said, remember, you'll always have the church. And I thought, huh, okay, that's that's it's going to stick with me. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially coming from your dad. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, we're, we're faithful Sunday Catholics. Right. We're there right. every Sunday. Um, but we didn't really talk about our faith right. a whole lot. Um, so to hear that was, it was kind, of a, kind of an eye-opener. But um, it stuck with me. So anyway, I get to New York. Um, I'm, I'm loving life. Uh, you know, the big city, you know, Midwest kid. Um, I moved into my 80 square foot single room <laughs> occupancy apartment. Wow. Yeah, you walk in the door, eight feet this way, ten feet that way. That's all I that's all oh you got. Oh my gosh. There's a bed and a closet. So it's essentially a closet inside of a closet. Right. Which is where I was living. <laughs> um, but I was on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. Um, 
I was five blocks away from the Metropolitan Museum of Art, wow. you know, one of the oh. greatest art museums mm-hmm. in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and my bike ride to my art school was down Fifth Avenue along Central Park um, to Midtown Manhattan, where uh, my school was right next door to uh, the Grand Central Station. Mm-hmm. So it's called the Grand Central Atelier. Okay. That was where I attended uh, full-time for three years. Um, and chance would have it, it's it's right around the corner from the great St. Patrick's Cathedral. Uh, I was wondering if you are going to say that. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, I'm, yeah, just loving life. Um, taking everything in that the city has to offer, learning everything I can from my school. Uh, but eventually the charm wears off and, uh, you know, routine sets in and, you know, the seasons are changing. It's October at this point. And, uh, you know, I, I keep coming back to my, my little closet apartment with really nothing but my thoughts and the cockroaches, you know, to oh. keep me company. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure which is worse, right? The thoughts or the cockroaches. I know, yeah. It can get kind of dark. But uh, anyway, so uh, it was one night I was the last one at the studio. It was probably 6 o'clock. I'm packing up. And the last place I wanted to go was back to my apartment. Uh, so I uh, turned the lights off, head out the door, and um, you know, just kind of going to walk around the city. And right in front of me is St. Patrick's. So I say, okay, God. Uh, I remember what my dad told me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you always have the church. So I, I walked in the doors. You know, it takes a little bit of a courage. Point, yeah, to this point, had you been going to Mass? No, not at all. Okay. No, okay. not at all. Um, you know, and, and people tell me that about the cathedral here. They say, you know, it's a little intimidating. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, St. Patrick's was that, definitely. I it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's evening. I walk in the doors. Um, no, you know, sun's going down outside, and the lights are real dim inside. And uh, the... Uh, Huge vaulted ceilings, so dim you can't see to the top of these impossibly wow. high ceilings. Yeah, um, everything you know is just kind of shadowed in mystery. You know, there are a few faithful parishioners there, and it turns out this is this is uh, an evening daily mass. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. I just stumbled into it, um, and you know, at that point, I didn't even realize that Catholics celebrated mass every day. <laughs> uh, so I sit down in the back, and uh, the thing that was most impressive for me, not the architecture. Um, although that was fantastic, but it was actually the priest. I couldn't tell you his name, but um, his reverence, number one, and his intelligence, number two, just blew me away. Yeah. Uh, So uh, I left there, and I'd love to be able to tell you that I ended up, you know, registering. I never missed another mass, but in actuality, I only went a handful more times. Um, But what it left me with was um, kind of an eye-opening experience, new appreciation for this Catholic faith, because I'd never heard uh, a priest gave a PhD lecture for a homily before. That's right. basically what I experienced. Right. So anyway, um, the next step in my faith journey wasn't necessarily at the church, like I said, but it was actually getting to know uh, my fellow art students at the school. Oh, okay. So uh, this is the Grand Central Atelier. It's one of the top two or three places in the world mm-hmm. to learn how to do this art skill. So think um, Leonardo, Mona Lisa, artists like Caravaggio, Rembrandt, sure. Velasquez. Uh, these are techniques that are kind of lost to time and we're trying to just kind of revive them now. But, mm-hmm. um, this Grand Central Atelier is one of the, one of the spots, uh, that you can still do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this attracts a, a pretty unique type of artist. And it turns out that a lot of them are charismatic Christians. Sure. So in the middle of New York city, I get to know all these charismatic Christians and, you know, their idea is to try to, um, try to represent 
the beauty of God's creation in oil on canvas, right? In oil paint on canvas, right. um, and so through conversations with these people, you know, over coffee and cocktails over a couple of years, uh, I come to know Christ mm-hmm. uh, and what the cross means for us and for our salvation, uh, and that's something you know, growing up, I just never put together. You know, he seemed like a good teacher. He seemed, you know, like um, he got a bad deal. Uh, <laughs> but that was kind of the extent of it for me. Uh, but these people really opened my eyes to that. Yeah. So uh, they planted the seeds for my Catholic reversion. Right. But they wouldn't really bloom until I moved back to Sioux Falls. Okay. Um, so at this point, I'm out of money in New York, and I'm pretty much out of love with the city. <laughs> You know, it just kind of wears on you after a while. And you start thinking, man, that two, pl- that two false places is pretty nice. <laughs> it might be big enough for me. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, so then I ended up, uh, yeah, getting the call to come back home. Um, there happened to be an opening at Roosevelt High School in the art department again. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, here, here it is. this is what I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to do. Uh, so I, I was able to come back to essentially the, the old job that I had before, um, but this time with a new skill set. Right. Uh, you know, academic uh, drawing and painting skills, and uh, kind of a new perspective on my faith, mm-hmm. a new new open mindedness towards yeah. my faith. So, my goal at the time was to repackage this classical academic training for high schoolers. And uh, that's really cool. Yeah, and I think the kids really took to it. I mean, I, I know for sure that a lot of them demonstrated a, like a whole lot of improvement and a lot of success. Yeah. But as tends to be the case, the students taught the teacher. More than the teacher taught the students. Yeah. Uh, so what I ended up doing was just kind of observing behaviors um, and actions and consequences through my new sort of faith lens. Right. And uh, what I realized is that these young people, you know, they need rules and they need structure. We adults need rules and structure. We need traffic lights or else, you know, the, the, the roads are chaos. Sometimes it still is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just false drivers. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and there are objective rights and wrongs. Right. Okay. Uh, hello, uh, commandments, right? So uh, I'm comparing my observations with what I'm learning about church teaching, and I'm seeing that it all lines up. I'm, I'm amazed. Mm-hmm. There, is, uh, there, is, there is rationality to the faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as a guy in my, at that point, early 30s, this, uh, this is really impactful. Right. Uh, and what I learned is that the church is right about all their social teachings, and I could prove it through the behavior of my students. Uh, so then I thought to myself, wow, if all this stuff that, that I can observe is true, then all these sacred mysteries uh, must be true too. And that's where I really received the gift of faith. Yeah. Um, and it was just kind of a, a powerful uh, point in my life. And, and really, from then on, it's just been faith-seeking understanding. Right. Um, so... Right. I'm doing everything I can. I've got a, a real strong sense of joy and peace oh, good. over the last five or six years. Right. You know, since this this reversion has happened for me, yeah. um, and along with the joy and peace is, is the desire to want to share this with um, with as many people as possible. Share Christ with as many right. people as possible. Right. Yeah, this is really a uh, this is a very good example of missionary discipleship that people don't even know they're being missionary disciples. The Charismatic Christians that you knew in New yeah. York. That is a that is a like textbook example of missionary discipleship. They're walking with yeah. you, you're learning from them, you're in relationship and in friendship. This is what we're talking about in the diocese is is developing missionary discipleship that way. Because uh-huh. that's the way it, it works the best. 
So it's it's beautiful to hear you tell that story and super important right now. Yeah. So sure. you have um I want to talk a little bit about your art. Did we miss anything? No, I okay. that, that covered. Okay. I want to make sure we get to your art. So you Al brought a few pieces here with him. And you have several different things, but you mm -hmm. have in particular, yes, a icon. Yeah. Can you talk about this a little bit. How you decided how you got to this point and about what you're doing now. Yeah, definitely. So this type of artwork, uh, Eastern sacred iconography is something that I did not understand as a, as a student in New York, learning how to uh, draw and paint to a degree of realism that's more real than a photograph. You know, right. this is nothing like a photograph. Right. Uh, and and you it's know, not supposed to be. Right. Yeah. Well, and they didn't have the training, but <laughs> right. um, through study and research and other people being like, hey, you know, they keep putting this in front of me. You should look at this. Um, I come to realize that, no, there is a system here, uh, a system of representation. And this is not how we see each other, but this is this is our spiritual likeness. This is how God sees us. Mm -hmm. uh, that's more important than, than how we see each other. Uh, and then I, I came to learn more of the, the symbolism and uh, every line and every layer has meaning. Okay. Um, the, the, the muddled color in there uh, has to do with kind of the raw creation and the lines are, are designed to control the creation. Uh, think of, again, the commandments. Okay. They, they give purpose and, and function and uh, organization beauty to what we do. Right. Uh, the colors have things that they represent, the gestures, the uh, accessories, the clothing. These are all uh, important aspects of right. iconography. Um, and so I, again, I assume if we, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. I assume if we want to know more about that, we can probably do some Googling and find out. Oh yeah. Like it's what all, all of these things mean, how, yeah. how to understand an icon. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, you'll be, yeah, you'll be blown away. I mean, yeah. it, it, you can't know it all. Uh, <laughs> and the actual creation of this is a prayer in itself. Right. You know, every different layer. So right. anyway, yeah, you're right. You, you can do all the research you yeah. want. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's not an image of the saint, but it's an encounter with the saint. Okay. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, so then you also have a couple other pieces here. This one in particular, Al, if you want to, I don't know if you can yeah. hold that up just a little bit. Yeah. So this one is from this confirmation. From, yeah. Confirmation of Easter vigil, uh, this past Easter yeah. at the cathedral. Um, you probably recognize some of the characters if you're Bishop local. Bishop yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is watercolor portrait, uh, multi-figure, um, based on uh, just this really beautiful moment. Um, I love the symmetry mm -hmm. in the image. Uh, the colors, beautiful. Yeah, just... Uh, Deacon Radio. Deacon Radio over here, <laughs> Father Tony. Oh, sure, in yeah. here as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so, yeah, anyway, I'm having fun kind of getting out of... Uh, out of my traditional modes yes. and trying, trying some new, yes. new things, getting into watercolor. I'm doing more uh, watercolor landscapes these days too, uh, watercolor portraits. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, but oil paint is kind of the direction yeah. that, uh, that I'm So this from. is, yeah, this is another one. Um, is this recent? Um, well, yeah, within the last handful of years. Sure. For sure. Um, so, this is the type of academic training that we got in New York. So it's all oh, okay. about very carefully rendering the three-dimensional form, thinking about local color, and then thinking about how um, the light moves across that surface and what it does to the way that we see that color. Sure, yeah. Um, so, yeah, the light on it is really great on the face especially. Right, those warm, uh, uh, luminous shadows. Yep. Really what drew me to the the, the, the art form itself. Yeah. Then another one over here. 
right this one just as kind of a contrast. Oh, yeah. I don't know if there's a glare on that or not. Um, but uh, eventually, yeah, this is this is the, the direction that I want to really focus on primarily. But combining aspects of everything, the looseness of the watercolor, the symbolism of the iconography, yep. and um, the, the realism of the yeah, this oil is portraits. beautiful. I, I love this one. It's very, it is almost photograph-like right now. So at least in my... Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. That's that's the idea. Well, the, the photo we take as as an example of, you know, reality, but, um, you know, really the, the camera is a lens that we're looking at reality through. Mm-hmm. Um, you're looking at a painting. I'm the lens. I'm the I'm I'm the one who's yeah. interpreting reality. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So we don't have a ton of time left, but I there is a question here I really do want to ask for you. I want you to answer. So why does beauty, especially yeah. in the form of art, matter? especially for faith and for, for our lives. The best example that we have is our cathedral over here. Um, you know, Emmanuel Masqueray is the, the, the creator of this gorgeous thing. And we, we see that it has systems and, um, again, symmetry. There's patterns that represent uh, an intelligent designer, Masqueray. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emmanuel Masqueray was the designer. Um, we see that in nature also. We see beautiful structures that... Uh, St. Thomas would tell us, you know, implies a creator. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, beauty is, it's an objective good. Um, you know, a lot of people will tell us that, you know, culture will tell us that it's in the eye of the beholder. Well, St. Thomas will say not so fast. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. There are three pillars, three qualifiers that we can look at, wholeness, harmony, and radiance, yes. to determine whether something is beautiful. And you can run through these checks and you say, oh, okay, this does have merit. You know, think about a beautiful choir singing. Yes. You know, it has to have all of the components, all the levels, all the strata of the singers, they have to be working in harmony and it has to uh, touch you. you know, right. It has to have some truth to it that speaks to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the same thing could be true for novels or artworks. Mm-hmm. Uh, or architecture. Even, yeah. Architecture, yeah, yeah, yeah all definitely. Yeah, yeah. And, and so it's, it's beauty that lifts us up to, uh, yeah, lifts us up to a creator. Right, uh, points us to, to God, yeah. really. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so you have recently, you're recently shifting gears. Exactly. Here a little bit. So yeah. before we go, will you tell us what you're doing now and how people can maybe reach out to you if they want to, anything like that? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so, yeah, I, I've stepped away from the full-time uh, art teacher, high school art teaching, and I am uh, working primarily now as a sacred artist. Um, not limited to sacred art. I'll do landscapes. I'll sure. do uh, portraits of uh, people, children. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, uh, working it, uh, out of my home studio uh, like I said, oil, egg tempera, do, I still do icons, uh, and I am doing a little bit of teaching as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so if anybody's interested in learning how to do this, reach out to me. Um, or if you're interested in, um, you know, you got, if you have an idea for an artwork that you'd like to run by me. Um, oh, yeah. Potentially commission. Yep. Yeah. Um, uh, best way to reach me is through my website. It's just alcostanzo.com. Yep. We'll um, put that in the um, uh, the description. Good. Too. Yeah, you'll see more examples of my work, and um, you'll get, you know, pieces of this bio, uh, as well as uh, any links to any workshops or uh, newsletters. Good. Good, good. Thank you so much for coming in, Al. I really appreciate it. I didn't know you until now, but um, very good story. Really glad. Sure. Yeah, anytime. Thanks a lot. Yep, thank you. All right. If you haven't found us on social media yet, you can find us at uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, always at SF Diocese on any of those. That's it for us today. Hope you'll join us again next week for more Catholic Feed.